Hey party people, it's Zach here with the Good Waste of Time podcast. We are so excited that you are tuning in to hang out with us. I wanted to give you a heads up. We are actively working on our audio, figuring things out with each episode and getting better and better. So stick with us, hang out with us, enjoy the ride. Till next time. Welcome back, everybody. My name is Chris, and I'm sitting with my friend... Hey, it's Zach. It's Zach. Hello. Hi, welcome back to A Good Waste of Time, a podcast where we talk about, um, you know, kind of basically pop culture, gaming, movies, music, uh, just generalizations of everyday life. Mm-hmm. All that jazz. Yeah. Piggy Banks. Mm-hmm. There's an episode of Piggy Banks. And In uh, the very cats. distant future. Nice. Why not? Why not? It's part of I am thing. I'm loving your hairstyle right now. Thanks, it's, dude. That is fucking awesome. Yeah. It's How long has it been since, since special? You know? Really? That's a Walmart? Yeah, dude. We have to be really careful because Kimberly says that I pronounce it Walmart. Yeah. So especially Ooh. if we're putting this out into the web verse, mm-hmm. I have to be really careful not to make an ass of myself, which I've now prompted you all to be on the lookout yeah. for me to say Walmart. So Walmart. Walmart. Yeah, I'm just going to go pick up some wool from Walmart. All right. That was weird. <laughs> <laughs> Strange how that just went off the tracks real fast. Uh, so last episode, we talked about number 10 to 6 mm-hmm. of our favorite video games of all time. Right. There were a couple curveballs in there. I liked it. I thought that was pretty cool. I yeah. And I thought our list... So far, is pretty different. It's it's kind of odd, yeah, uh, because we I feel like we have pretty similar tastes. I know. So there's so every time you say a game, I'm like what the fuck? Yeah, dude. <laughs> like what's going on? That's what I'm that's what I'm picking yeah. up too. Nice. Okay. Well, that's awesome. We're learning things about each other. Well, I I, I was thinking, I was curious because we as we did, I was wondering like if I did this like next week or like in four months from now, would this list be the same? I'm just curious, is this, are these lists sort of mood-dependent, or mm. are they set in stone for the eternity of humankind? I feel like it might not be set in stone, um, especially like in the ranking that we're putting in there. Mm-hmm. But these games, amongst like as as well as the runner-ups, I think will would they would alternate within themselves. Like, they're all in the same wheelhouse, and I don't think any other game's going to waltz in there Mm -hmm. and be like, hey, let me in here. We're we're not going to kick any of these games out. Yeah. I think it's probably the more important point to make. Fair enough. I like it. Yeah. Before we start on number five of our top favorite game, I am just curious, just to throw that out there, do you have any game that you just hate? Mm. I say freaking hate. Um, What's your stance on cursing? You have editing powers. Oh, yeah, I do. Oh, my God. Yeah. I am God. Damn. <laughs> well, uh, I'm, I'm all for a good, healthy amount of, of cursing. Yeah. I think it's... Uh, as long as it's not unnecessary. You know, every other word, perhaps. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that's our standard. Boom. You've heard it here, peeps. That's our piety cursing standard. Cursing is happening every once in a while. Yes. Um, well, there's a game that I recall back on PlayStation that I played for probably six minutes and then I... I burned. Um, Wait, what? It was uh, burned. It. 
Yeah. Like in a fire? Yeah. Did you catch it on fire or you throw it into a fire? No, I set it There's in a trash can and then I set it on fire and I was like, I What the f- Well, I just... Yeah. Really? Yeah. I gotta know. Um, so there was a Star Wars game. It was like a fighting game. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I'm talking oh, about? Oh, my God. I can't remember what it's called. Oh, yeah, I don't remember what it's called either, but I don't fucking blame you on that one. <laughs> yeah, that was a terrible game. Yeah, I played it for a little bit, and I was like, fuck this. And um, I had some other stuff to burn anyway, so <laughs> I just brought that out there, and it was no more. I had some other stuff to burn anyways. I'm not sure if I've ever had like anything on there. I'm going to burn this. That's, lived, that's, that's, that's my country, pile. so. Yeah, that's true. Out in the woods, we had to burn things. And yeah. On occasion. Nobody, sure. ever, nobody could tell you not to. And I'm sorry, I, I don't know the full name, but I'm glad that we're on the same page. Oh, yeah, you know yeah, 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 yeah. I, uh, I played it at a friend's birthday party when I was a kid, and I was so excited about it. I was yeah. like, I can be a Tusken uh, Raider, fuck yeah! yeah. <laughs> then I played it, and I was like, oh, that's so jarring and blocky and yeah. stupid. Oh, yeah, yeah, it sounded great on paper. But yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, that's the case with a lot of games that sound great on paper. Yeah. And do you do you have one that you just despise? <sighs> yeah. Yeah, I do. The one that I hate probably most in the world. Godzilla on Nintendo was one of my favorite games. Yeah, the NES. I loved it. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. It was like the side-scrolling game, but it was like a weird chessboard that you had to get through, and then you had to fight the monster. It was amazing. Dude. I loved it. Actually, it just narrowly missed out on being Mm. an honorable mention runner-up of my favorite games of all time. It actually might end up there. I don't know. But then there was the sequel, Mm. and I don't know. What jack wagon got his filthy mitts <laughs> on the rights to Godzilla video games in those days? But they need to be punished. Yeah. Because what the fuck? Like, I even played it as an adult, being like, I understand things now. Yes. I can do cognitive puzzle solving. Right. I can figure out what this game's about. And I still was like, what the hell? <laughs> like, I had saved state on the ROM that I was playing, and I still lost. And I was like, why? What is happening? It's just the most clusterfucked game I've ever played to where I just I wanted to love it. Yes. And I've tried to love it. Years later, as an adult, yeah. I tried to go back to it and play it. And Find it still it broke my heart. It not only broke it, but it, I feel like it just like it stepped on it and spit on it and like left a nickelback CD playing mm. and walked away. So and my heart couldn't do anything about it. Your uh, disposition is just darker now. Yeah, oh for yeah. having played mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. I understand. Yeah, terrible. Wow. Well, I uh, I'm curious, uh to look at Godzilla games as a genre because there are some there's some doozies out there. But man, somehow that that eight bit crazy game is still one of Dude, the best ones. God, it's so good. It is the best one. Mm. Bar none. I might be one of the only people in the world that plays the PlayStation Four Godzilla game because yeah. it was yeah. pretty trashed. Yeah, you showed me that reviews. game. Yeah, I did. I forgot about that. Um, and. I think you were like, oh, that, that's cool, but you haven't like realized to the full extent that's it. Yeah, <laughs> like, there's nothing else to that game <laughs> but walking very slowly in a in a world. Yeah, that it's like if you paid more than twelve slowly. bucks for that game. Oh it's yeah, like, oh. yeah, you were you were robbed unless you were you know you found it in a dark alley mm-hmm. and you saved it somehow. Well. I mean, I'm sure there's a list. If if I really thought hard about it, I think I think a lot of the games that I despise, I've uh, purged from my memory banks. But yeah, I think if I went back far enough, 
Oh imagine. yeah, I could I could come up with a with a few doozies. I think some that would upset people because mm. there's a GTA game on there. Shit, yeah. that's sacrilegious. No, I know, I know. On uh, Christmas, you're gonna you're gonna <laughs> right? sacrilege. Spoiler: We're doing this episode <laughs> right after the first episode. So Merry <laughs> Christmas <laughs> again. Um, two Christmases. Two Christmases. That's what. No, we just wants. waited a year. Let's not mess around. <gasps> we waited all oh year. My it's, a, it's an anniversary. Man, nice. Yeah. <laughs> that would be great. It's like the annual podcast. Everyone's like, oh shit, it comes out one time a year. These guys are insane. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. The cliffhangers that we would have to come up with to yeah. make that work. All right, let's think about that. Mm. Next time. All right, so I think I started off our list last time, so I'm going to give yeah. that honor to all right, you, cool. my good friend. All right, I'm going to recount this because uh, when I checked last, my list was um, a couple too long, but I think I'm in good shape now. Okay, nice. so uh, my number five was probably the first PC game that I uh, went out and bought full price and had built my rig for and all this jazz. So this was the first time I like figured out how to build a PC. Now, did you build this PC specifically for this game? Not really, no. but just as a gaming rig and yeah. to have like the ability to play new games. And I remember this was my Voodoo 5. And I don't know if you were building that PCs back then. That sounds old. It was old. <laughs> it was so old. Like, the Voodoo 5 was, like, it was the pinnacle of um, I think I remember the GPUs. Movies. Yeah. Because, this is sound laughable, but at the time, in order to turn that graphics card on, you had to have an external power uh, supply, which, of course, now, like, you need, like, nine power supplies to power on graphics card but that was the first time that it ever happened and if i remember right the blue five was 64 megabytes of graphics processing power and my current card has like four gigs so much power i know (laughs) so anyway i was excited to kind of like push my rig to the limit and like get this game which was deus ex and uh, deus ex is still a pretty uh popular series i'm glad to say and the last one uh, humankind evolve. Human revolution. Human revolution. Yeah. Uh, great game. I uh, could be wrong. Maybe. So don't quote me. It's something about humans. And, you know. Yeah. General movement forward. Are you better than how they were yes. when the game started? But the first ASX was, I think, a game changer. The staple of that game was just choice, and the first, the first choice you're given is like, okay, you need to go deal with the situation. And I remember it was on Ellis Island. And it was, you know, your commanding officer is like, you've got to go take care of this. Do you want a sniper rifle or do you want a stun gun? And that was your first choice in the game. And that, I think... Was that a trick question? No. It's like, do you want to murder everybody there or do you want to pacify them nonviolently? And depending on what you did, like, the story changed, which, whoop-de-doo, not a big deal now. But at the time, it, it was crazy that you had any choice in the matter. And then actually playing through the game, that's kind of where it shined in that there were always four to five paths for solving any problem, any puzzle. And sometimes you could talk your way out of things. Sometimes you could just kind of blast everybody in the room. And like kind of another layer on that was an incredible story of conspiracy, kind of like Illuminati-esque machinations in the background. Right. Um, so there really was a high stakes story going on, on top of like all this kind of cool freedom as a in a first person shooter. I just wasn't accustomed to. 
And there was a really kind of robust RPG leveling up system. It was crazy. Like, you could see through walls and you could, like, jump, um, you know, halfway up the building because you had these modifications style mods. So, right. So, anyway, I should have given just an overview of the game. It, it was a first person shooter that wasn't, it was more of a RPG with first person. So that's my number five, and I'm really happy to see Deus Ex continuing to thrive and that it didn't suffer the fate of Thief. <laughs> They're the same developers, right? and there was a great chance that as one fell, the other could have two, but Deus Ex shined, whereas Thief, in my opinion, um, did not. But anyway, that is my number five. Nice. Uh, quick question. is I'm assuming you played through it multiple times. Yeah. Was there uh, one particular play style that truly was very obviously better or easier? Was killing everybody, for example, the way to go if you were just trying to be the most efficient mm-hmm. in the game? Easiest playthrough, quick speedrunner type style. Um, I might have gone a little too into detail with that. Question. No, that's a great question. I, I remember that there were different endings. Oh, really? And I think that at the time, that was, like, kind of wild. Um, right, God, no, those are the days. Yeah, <laughs> I know. When, like, that kind of trail breeze was going on. It's like, there was two endings. Which one did you get? It's so, like, what? But I don't remember that the, the game necessarily, like, preferring one over the other. Non-silent uh, and non-lethal, like, definitely was just easier. It oh, just really? was, like, less kind of people flipping out, like, yeah, running yes. to kind of get you. Yeah. But, like, which one's more satisfying? Like, in a first-person shooter, you used mm, to, like, yeah. pop, a, pop a couple heads. Exactly, man. Especially See, with a sniper rifle. That's my preferred straight weapon up. of choice in first-person yeah. shooters. So, uh, yeah, that's a great yes. question. What, what do you got for number five over there? Number five? Uh, number five, I have Dark Souls. Nice. Yeah, not Demon Souls, not Dark Souls 2 or 3. Dark Souls 1. And uh, it's not because I don't like any of the other games. I love them. I was not a huge fan of Bloodborne. I'm just gonna say that yeah. right now. It was it was much more aggressive based than Dark Souls, mm-hmm. and I'm getting ahead of myself. But no block. Yeah, there was no like they gave you a shield, but it was basically like a middle finger <laughs> to turtlers and people like me that relied on shields a great deal. Was, Here's a wooden shield just made out of tissue paper, you little fuckers. And it's, uh, Why are you hiding behind this? And I still tried to use it. <laughs> like it was, it was so ingrained. I, I mean, yeah, it was, it was, it was a mess. But Dark Souls one, because I played Demon Souls, but it was in a hub world where you were like inside. Where Dark Souls one, it started you after the tutorial. Yeah. It starts you out, outside, and yeah. I love outside levels. Just that openness really gets to me. I really enjoy that. And it came to me at a time in my life where I felt like every game was holding your hand. Uh, You know, the tutorials were ridiculous. And then you got into the game and you didn't need a tutorial. You didn't need a tutorial being, press up to move forward. (laughs) Now press left to move left. Do you know what's next? That's right. You're going to press right. And then right, and it's like, oh my god, just let me kill something. Yeah. Let me get out of here. And Dark Souls didn't hold your hand. It dropped you in, and it was, good luck, yeah. later. And if you went left to the graveyard, you were fucked. <laughs> but in, it was not only really difficult, and you know, it was very kind of loot-based. Like, mm-hmm. you know, in, in, it was very Castlevania, where you had to go back to different areas, farm different loot from people and stuff. But... There was multi-paths that you could go. There was different routes you could take your progression. There were secret doorways. 
those are so many people didn't even know about. Yeah. Until they got far enough that they couldn't really proceed further, and they're like, what the fuck? So they had to go through everything and find it again. It was just so difficult and very rewarding. Yeah. It's probably the most rewarding uh, since I've ever had a video game, because I got every single achievement in Xbox One. Or not Xbox One, Xbox 360. On that game. The only game that I ever got all the achievements, well, besides Avatar, if anybody ever played the, the last Airbender game. Yeah, we all have that one maxed out. It's like within the first five minutes. They give you like one achievement for the whole game? You No, there's five. <laughs> oh. Oh, <laughs> yeah, okay. and you can accomplish them in the first fight. <laughs> it's just comboing. The first achievement is hitting someone once. The well, second achievement is two hit combo, what? and it goes up to five. Okay. I, yeah, it can be accomplished. Real quick. Damn. Terrible game. But uh, Dark Souls 1, I remember setting out and going and being like, I'm going to get every single achievement mm. in this. And now that I'm a PlayStation 4 fan, I can't bring that accomplishment over to my new console right. because I don't have an Xbox One. Right. And I don't have anything against Xbox One. I just like the PS4 better. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I... Uh... For what it's worth, I started with the Xbox One, and then I migrated to the PS4, um, primarily because of a couple of games that weren't available. Yeah, I know. Yeah, the exclusivity on PS4, it's pretty yeah. hardcore. Yeah. It's, it's, it's nice. They, they do the good you up. Yeah. I mean, it's sort of the same reason I bought the 360. The 360 was the more powerful, and it had the better games. And, and then it was ahead of PS3. Yep. And the social network in the 360 was right. 10 times better. Than the PlayStation 3's party system. Right. I don't remember the PlayStation 3, but it was a bitch. I still prefer the Xbox 360's like social settings over the PlayStation 4's. Right. I think the 360 was just great. Yeah. Yeah, and it's kind of wild if you look back at like, okay, like from PS2 to PS3, Sony got so cocky because they had such a huge market share. They're like, we're going to introduce a $500 console to a market mm-hmm. that's used to. A two to three hundred dollar console, yeah. and we're going to encourage them to get a second job to do so, and everything will be great. And then, you know, they had this. There was a huge migration with Microsoft, but then I think Microsoft got a really big head, and they're like, "We're going to make everybody buy Connect, and we're going to increase the price." Always on online, yeah, right? Yeah, not no game sharing. I, I and I realized that they cut back on a lot of those, but right, they did. The damage was done, and yeah. it was especially done for me. Because I heard the no sharing and the always online must be. And I was like, well, fuck you. No. <laughs> like, my internet goes out. I don't want to deal with that. I want to be playing a single player game, get disconnected, and it's like, sorry, you can't play it. And I'm like, wait a minute. Right. That's bullshit. Yeah, so, so that, was, that was a huge mess. So I think I think that was their fight to lose, and they, they lost it. Yeah. Although, I mean, I think as things happen, and it happened last, last cycle, Sony with the PS3 ended up catching up to the 360 because most gamers, yeah, oh. most most gamers eventually want both because if if they play true. if they play their cards right, there are really kind of like must haves that you you want. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once the console hits that sweet spot price, you end up picking up both. Even though that's you, totally what I did with the PS3. Yeah, yeah. I, I I did, and I and I picked up all the exclusives, mm-hmm. PlayStation 3, and I played them all. Yeah, even if it's over the span of four years. Or that. 10 years in the case of the PlayStation oh my 3. God, that, that I never crazy. thought that was going to end. Yeah, I know. My collection <laughs> of 360 games is bordering a library, like a, like a public library's collection of books. It's kind of absurd. 
I don't know what to do with them. I still have them. They're boxes. Well, my number four is backwards compatible with the 360. Is it my turn? I think so. I don't know if I finished on Dark Souls, but... Oh, wait. Okay. Let's finish. I did. No, I did. Yeah. I think that that was a satisfying mm-hmm. conclusion. Dark Souls is hard, and I like that. <laughs> the end. And it told a compelling story without hitting it over your head. Well, that's one thing I wanted to say about Dark Souls. Um, I am I am continually continually impressed with the way they draw you into mm-hmm. the world. Like yeah. without much exposition. Sometimes the game starts and there's like some kind of rambling, blah blah blah. Smile. Oh yeah, there's all the rambling. It's like oh, in the dark times, the tiny ember <laughs> caught fame. Dragons came after you, and you're like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" And then it drops you in, and it has nothing to do with the upper opening cutscene. Dark Souls Two, you fall into a pool. Why? I don't fucking know, but you do willingly, and then you wake up in the grass, and it's what acid trip am I on? I want to go off this ride already. So yeah, so like obviously those intro, you know, those introductions are not particularly helpful. Yeah. That is a classic example of an opening cinematic just being there to <laughs> fucking be there. But that being said, like, every, like, ounce of that game is dripping with immersion. Mm-hmm. And they're able to continue that from the get-go to the very end. Huh? And you encounter a new boss, and they just never feel out of place for some reason. No, well, yeah, everything is, is so connected. Like, all of, all of the just random enemies, mm-hmm. not even random, like, they're not random. But all the enemies that you encounter have a place. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason that they are there right. in that section. Right. And the areas that you unlock and you visit, like Anna Orlando, that was such a major point for me whenever I landed there. I was like, what the fuck? Like, mm-hmm. the game is like, oh, welcome. Mm-hmm. You pass the tutorial. And that was 10 weeks in. <laughs> Wait, nice. what now? Nice. Yeah. It's just a very immersive game, and it doesn't tell you anything. Yeah. You figure it out as, as you go along, and the set pieces tell the story, which is pretty sweet. And what do you feel about the multiplayer aspect? Is that like oh, a, yeah. is that a, is well, that a hindrance to the quality? or is that it's a, a, That's a really good question, because Dark Souls 1, I was really good at PvP. Mm. So when someone invaded me, because you would get invaded. Yeah. By at random places, like some places were better invaded or invasion points than others, but you would be in this particularly hard fight. You know, you'd be trying to get past this enemy that's just giving you a hard time, and it's like you were invaded by jackass gunslayer seventy one, and you're like, fuck! And so you're trying to like, and then it speeds you up, and you're starting to panic, and you're trying to get through this enemy where you need precision, and so sometimes you'll die just from the tension that mm. being invaded brings in. Oh. I remember there was one time where I got invaded in Dark Souls 1 and I just hid. Like, I just wanted to see how long it would take for him to find me. He never found me. We were there for, I think, 30 minutes. <laughs> oh my god. Before I got an ex- uh, like a little message on, on the Xbox 360. <laughs> Whoever, you know, gamer jackass XX has messaged you. And that was the guy that invaded me. And I, I read my message, and he's like, where are you, bro? And I sent a flyback, and I was like, fuck you. <laughs> like, you, you invaded me. Yeah, like, you you figure oh it God. out. And yeah, and then we spent another 
I don't know, like 10 or 15 minutes where I, I was in this weird <laughs> perch where it was a very strange area. There was multiple levels. Yeah. I don't know why the fuck you would ever invade someone in that area because <laughs> it's a goddamn labyrinth. I just watched him running around. I could see him from my vantage point just going from the one edge of the level to the next. Wow. Just going crazy. <laughs> just I could just see it from his avatar that he was pissed. And then I think I finally jumped down, and then I killed him, like, really easily. Nice. And I felt bad, because there was a point I was a little nervous yeah. <laughs> about being killed. There's always that nervousness. Right. But after Dark Souls 1, every other game, like 2 and 3, I just get murdered. Mm. Just flat-out murdered. People figured out like, glitching and lagging and getting behind me and backstabbing me somehow. Whereas in the first one, I feel like the PvP for me was, you know, I, I was always very confident going into a duel. Yeah. So it was pretty fair. But, yeah, and there was honorable players, like, they would bow to you, and oh. then the duel would begin. Or players that would try and attack you while you were fighting a monster, and they were assholes. Mm. So yeah, the community was a mixed bag. Mm. Um, I, I like the approach of you getting help for, like, some of those bot battles, like, yes. drawing in people. I, Which I think is really nice. Cool. Yeah, that's the, actually the only... And I didn't mention this last time I, I talked to you. The only reason yeah. I beat Orange Team and Smog the second time... Uh-huh. When I had to kill Ornstein last, I did have a player come in with me. Mm. He didn't live very long, but I feel like it was pivotal because, or pivotal, pivotal, yeah, pivotal. He, he pivoted, pivotal. He pivoted he old things, and that's what happened. The <laughs> end. Goodbye. He he distracted one of them for about ten seconds, uh-huh. and I think that ten seconds was pretty clutch nice. because my life was down. To a sliver by the end, and I, you know, yeah, it was it was by the skin of my teeth that I won that fight. So it was really nice having that help. Very cool. All right. Well, I will move on to my number four, which is like I was saying, it is backwards compatible on the 360, and it was an Xbox game. Does it have a name besides Xbox? It can't be Xbox One. So it's the just, original. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was just Xbox. Just kind of black box. Yeah, the the big black beautiful. Yeah, God, remember Fable on that? That thing was honky. honky it was. Like it was massive. Yeah, but like Halo One and Fable. Yeah, were such like mind blowing experiences for me. Yeah, I really like that machine. Yeah, man, I I really I try to justify bringing Fable onto my list, but I wasn't able to. But Let's face it, after Fable Two and Fable Three, yeah, no, <laughs> at least for me, yeah, I can't do it. It has soured me so much. Yeah, I can go was, back and play one again. That was a hot mess. It's like Peter Molyneux, man. He just started. I think he went insane. Like yeah. He literally okay. went crazy. That could be. Which is weird because he had no justification behind going crazy. Yeah. I'm down with crazy. Right. If you earned it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Willem Dafoe. Mm. Not that he's gone crazy, but he could go crazy and I'd be fine with it. Peter the Great. There you go. Good. I mean, <laughs> he earned it. He earned it. He did it. Um, so my number four is uh, Shin Mook, which was oh my uh, god, are you serious? Yeah, yeah. No, high five! Wow. That is awesome. I was about to mention that whenever I was talking about Halo and Fable, and I was gonna be like, oh, Shin Mook, mm-hmm. but I didn't. I didn't want to get into that because it was gonna be really long. I gotcha. That's nice. Well, there we go. Um, so Shin Mook was a Dreamcast game originally, and then Shin Mook Two was an import Dreamcast game. You had to get it from Great Britain because about the time it was released, the Dreamcast kind of had its uh, plug pulled by Sega, which meant that they didn't have distribution or publishing support or any of that jazz. But it, it was out in time in Great Britain. So if you wanted to play the game, 
I'm sorry for the history lesson, but if you wanted to play the game in the States, you had to import it from Great Britain. Well, that was fairly costly, and I was in college, so I was like, well, I guess I'll never play Shenmue 2. But for whatever reason, it was released on the Xbox, the original Xbox, and then when the 360 came out, it was uh, then backwards compatible. So, all that being said, if you still want to play Shenmue 2 and you don't have a Dreamcast, but you do have a 360, you can play it. Now, why is it my number four? I think I think because of its relaxed nature about the game. Uh, the game tried to kind of be somewhat of a life simulator in that, you know, you could go and uh, try to progress the quest, which was ultimately trying to find out who killed your father and getting revenge. Or... You could go to the arcade, and you could play other games inside the arcade. So it's like she had like a part-time job. Yeah, you could get a yeah. job. Yeah, you could um, you could um, call people on the phone. You could kind of, kind of go to the go to a bar and like hang out and uh, just kind of goof off. And I know that some games kind of do that now, maybe even better. But you know, um, Shenmue does it in a way that's just unique. And, and it's unique even to this day, and it's still kind of fulfilling to play the game. Um, the voice acting is just terrible. It's like... It's pretty garbage. It's garbage. Yeah. You know, there's there's no way, way around Something that. Something endearing about it, though. Exactly. Yeah. I would agree. Like, for some other reason, like why Sharknado became a thing. Yeah. Like, it's just... It was... It was good. It was. It so was, bad. So bad, it was just lovely. <laughs> and um, for me, to this day, it still holds up. Um, I did play more of Shenmue 2 than Shenmue 1. Um, I got pretty far in the first Shenmue. But um, anyway, I, I'm kind of lumping them together um, as my favorite for number four. But if you get a chance to play Shenmue, um, it was kind of cool. I, at the time, I had a Dreamcast, and we had Japanese exchange students in our uh, what at our college and really? um, I brought them over and we had to make dinner for them and stuff and, and I uh, showed them Shenmue and it was so cool because like his, his you know his story takes place in like a kind of a remote Japanese not not a suburb but a small city huh. and they were just like I, I, I didn't expect to see it, a Japanese home you know in America and it was it was kind of lovely because it's it's a cool cool game and it offers uh, a lot story-wise, gameplay-wise. The, the fighting mechanics is straight out of Virtual Fighter, so it's pretty, oh, man. pretty rad. It's old school right there. Yeah. All right, so that's my number four. Uh, can I ask you a question? Or one that in time, if people are listening to this, in the future, mm. Shenmue 3, they've announced it. Right. But do we chalk it up along with Half-Life 3 as in never going to happen? Or is it going to happen? And if it does happen... Do you think it's going to be worth it to have? Hmm. You know, it's possible. Um, there, there was some controversy because uh, Sony announced it, I think, two years ago at E3. And they did something kind of weird. They said, we're announcing this game as a Kickstarter. Sony? Yeah. They can go fuck themselves. Are you serious? <laughs> I'm totally I'm serious. I watching that. Like, I, I like the announcement of Shinri 3 because I was like, yeah. oh my god. Yeah. They're fucking doing it. And yeah. I was like, this is amazing. I had no idea it was Kickstarter. Yeah. Those fucking dicks. <laughs> Well, it, it got bag of dicks. It got funded That's... within, I think, oh, like yeah, I'm forty-five sure minutes. Yeah, I mean, well it was played, like... guys. So they God, got. I hope they don't like realize that that's a legit I business know. model that they could get away that's, with. That was a concern I had. Like, yeah. Kingdom Hearts three, they could kickstart that straight up. Easy, yeah, man. People have been waiting for that. 
So they like pay for all of the development costs up front. I mean, in a way, yeah, maybe as a gamer, I don't know. Well, anyway, that's another kettle of fish. It is. So uh, the reason I'm kind of I have hope. I I think his name is Miyazaki. I don't know if that's no Miyazaki. No, that's Ghibli. Okay, that's Ghibli. Ghibli. Yeah. Okay, well, I can't remember the director of the Shinra series, but I believe that he has a sort of a consistent passion for the series, and I think he's always wanted to, to finish the story. So with that in mind, I feel like uh, I feel like it, it, it could be good. It could be incredibly bad. Um, yeah. He could, like, Mighty Number no. 9 it. Yeah. The guy who created Mega Man. Right. And broke off. I am embarrassed. I forget. I'm, I am forgetting his name right now. But he broke off, or he got fired from Capcom. Something happened. There was a parting of ways. Right. And when he made Mighty Number no. Nine, everyone was super psyched, myself included. And then we go to play it, and it was garbage. Was it? Oh my god! I was so gonna buy bad. it. Don't buy it ever. Damn! How could it, it be was, garbage? Oh man! That's like sad. it. Just everything about it was. It yeah, it was terrible. Yeah. It was really bad. It was it was all the all the all the things you love, but bastardized in such a way it was almost like mocking you. <laughs> it was like, oh fuck you, man. Like yeah, they just they just they they parodied the blue bomber in a terrible way and the gameplay was just wow. god awful. That's really crazy. bad. Which is insane because Mega Man's gameplay is so tight and right. so methodical. Like you have to do it like this to get by. Damn, dude. Tell you what, Mega Man is not on my top ten list. Yeah, yeah. I love Mega Man too, but those games are hard. Well, I do. I do have hope for Shenmue, and I, I think it's mostly because the uh, producer loves the story and loves the characters. So, I mean, I, I will pick it up. Um, for oh sure. yeah, and, and I, I hope it's. I hope it is a lovely game. Nice. I like that. I like that Shinmu made it on here. Killer. Uh, so where are we at now? We're at four. What you got for number four? Number four. I have uh, actually kind of maybe the most recent game on my list. Yeah. Brothers: A Tale of Two Sons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's crazy. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. I yeah. like it. I like it. I've never really met anyone else that's. Uh, I've met a couple of people that have played it, but no one that really even likes it. Mm-hmm. Per se, they're like, oh yeah, that's okay. I, I played it for a little bit. I played it, and about I want to say like an hour in is when I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> what do we have here? Cool. And the music was nice, and now I love the soundtrack. But as you progress through this game, it starts off where the youngest brother basically like feels responsible, and he's kind of responsible for their mother's death mm-hmm. by drowning. And then you start the game, and the two brothers are their father is really sick, and the only way to save him is to get something from the life tree very far away. And so they start on this journey to save the father. And it's it starts off, you know, kind of like blah blah, work together to go up this thing. And so the controls were shitty, right? I hate the controls. Yeah, but once you got used to them, it was okay. But it starts off kind of cutesy, and then once you get out of the troll area. There was a few areas in there, like in the mines, where it was like, that's a little dark. But you get into this like dark forest, and there's bodies hanging from trees, and it's, whoa, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah, like you come up on this guy, and he's trying to hang himself, and you have to stop him. It <laughs> is really weird. It gets really dark, wow. and it 
it to me felt this weird homage towards 80s fantasy mm-hmm. movies not purposely but for me that's what the it kind of reminded me of just the set pieces were amazing yeah. the music was very dynamic and just hit on so many levels the story was layered in guilt mm-hmm. and just that kind of like unspoken brotherly conflict you know they both love each other but at the same time it's this weird thing that they have at the end i'm not going to spoil it for anyone but it's just like such a ah! <laughs> like what and there's no dialogue there's no dialogue really none that's crazy there's some you know they they're speaking to each other but they speak as in like a language you can't understand it's so cool and as you progress through it it gets it's so fucking weird. Wow. And yeah, it's, it's pretty sweet. It's it's definitely worth one playthrough. Well, how do you find out about the, the history of about the mother drowning? Like, is that told? It's in the opening sequence. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least I'm pretty sure. It's been a while since I've played it. But yeah, the, the youngest brother and the mom are out on a boat because it's like a fishing village. Mm-hmm. And he goes overboard. So she jumps in and saves him. But she dies. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she drowns. Or not, it's been, again, a very yeah. long time. But, uh-huh. yeah, so there's that, there's just that constant pressing guilt from the youngest brother. And, you know, kind of the resentment from the older brother. And this is all, like, my own speculation. Okay. This is how I went through the game. As in the conflict that they have against each other is layered in that. But maybe that's all me giving the game way too much credit. <laughs> <laughs> it's very possible, but... It meant a lot to me, so it is one of my top and favorite games. And I feel awful because I'm one of those people, I probably played it half an hour, and I was like, well, that's pretty cool, and then I moved on. And yeah. Sounds like I missed an incredible experience. It, for me, it was it was definitely something else. There was only a few points in the game that were kind of overtly difficult, and it kind of breaks the immersion. Yeah. Which, that kind of game, the controls are difficult enough. Right. And once you get into it, you kind of plow through the game pretty quickly. And some of the some of the areas you come through, there's this giant battlefield where these giants fight each other, and they're all dead, and you're, like, climbing over their bodies and stuff, and the blood's yeah. running into the water. Dude! Yeah, it gets fucking crazy! What is the rating on that game? I have no idea. I feel like it wasn't. <laughs> I, I didn't. After the suicidal dude with the music <laughs> box in this, like, burned-down hut, I would say him. I don't think I you don't... can attempt to commit suicide in a game yeah. for a E for everybody. You know? Yeah. I want to go but check it, it because they're cutesy. Yeah, I swear, like, starting it up, I wasn't like, huh, how is this an M game? I, I think it must have been T. At the... Yeah, it might have been T. Everything's T these days, no doubt. These teenagers, man. They these teenagers, yeah, I know. Desensitized. And you're a although, high school teacher. You know this. Yeah, although, like, our, our movies from the 80s, like PG-13, it would have certainly been R today. Gremlins. Gremlins. Gremlins, everybody. That's kind of high body count. <laughs> yeah, if you hadn't seen that in a minute. Oh, my God. The old guy about, like, the tractor. Movie, yeah. Where he's the one that, like, basically coins the term Gremlins <laughs> yeah. in the movie. Right. His death is fucking... Because <laughs> oh, it's happy music. Or like you know, kind of like funny slapstick music. It's dun 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 dun, dun and the gremlins are all giggling and stuff. And he's oh no! And you're like, surely he won't die. No. Him and his wife yeah. are murdered in their own home they by his squashed. own like snowplow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, you really think about it. It hits home. It's intense. Yeah. 
So anyway, don't don't watch movies from the eighties, y'all. That's the point of that. <laughs> just, just avoid it. All right. Am I up to? Uh, you're on three. Three. Man, yeah. we are getting down to the wire. Final three. All right. Yeah, so uh, my third. I hope this isn't cheating, but I picked a series. Is that bad? No, no, because okay. I have a series as well. Sweet. So, yeah. so I'm picking the Mass Effect series. Um, nice. I, I wouldn't mind disqualifying Andromeda, although... I wouldn't mind that either. Yeah. So let's just do it. It's Okay, here. sweet. Bye. So, so Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3. I could talk about Andromeda quite a bit, but I'll just say what I love about 1, 2, and 3. Man, there, there's a lot. Um, I appreciated the kind of like freedom of choice and and what they what they were interested in which i think witcher does better is getting rid of morality not every choice is going to be good or bad but you know and some choices that seem good at the time down the road turn out to be really shitty exactly and so like you know if you if if i had a major critique for favorite three it was laughably simple super evil or super good oh, yeah. and that was yeah. it and it was like god damn it but and that was a perfect wording there super evil or super like it wasn't like good or bad are you going to be a terrible human being yeah. Yeah. or will you be a benevolent leader exactly <laughs> yeah yeah you could set fire to the orphanage yeah or you could make some donuts. babies yeah I like where we both went with food for that one. Yeah, yeah, good call. <laughs> so, so Mass Effect, I just, I, I just appreciated that there was this kind of um, system of, of, like the Paragon and the other person. I can't remember Paragon and what was it? It's like Rebel or Rebel. Rebel. Yeah. Something okay. Like that. Yeah, it was just sort of like, do you want to like debate this or do you want to punch the dude? And it wasn't necessarily. Didn't that, that come into play in the second one? Yeah. Like, this is straight up just fucking deck up. Right. Yeah. Right. I was sick. Yeah, the first one um, had those choices, but not quite on that level. It also had the Nomad. Yes. That's true. That's a mixed bag right there. I was sad to see the Nomad go away. <laughs> I, I liked it. I, oh, man. I, I hated it. that damn little car. It had like nine wheels. It's yes, so cool. it did. So, I don't know. There, there, was a, there is a lot to love about uh, Mass Effect. I feel like the full package is with the expansion packs and the downloadable content, which is kind of hard to find, at least on PC. I, uh, on 360, I had the whole whole deal. And I want to go back and play through it on PC and like kick it up, kick the resolution up, and, and really enjoy it. But Do they have Mass Effect 3 on PC? Uh, they do. Because I know Steam like had Mass Effect 1. Yes. So Maybe 2 as well, but they didn't have 3. And I was like, why? So what do you have to do? You have to go to EA's origin service, uh-huh. and that's where you'll find it. Now, can you access your save files from the Steam one? See, that's so stupid. What the hell? Why? No, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. I, I, I wasted money on that. Buying yeah, 1 and 2 on Steam. Yeah, that's sad. I mean, eventually EA was like, whatever, we'll sell our, our own game. But I think some of it is nostalgia, but I just loved what EA did with Mass Effect and the choice system and kind of humanity versus all of these kind of other aliens and, and making a story that's pretty plausible, I felt, wow. advancing that or accessing that advanced technology. I really appreciate it. So, so that's why I'm putting the whole Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3 up at my number 3 slot. Nice, nice. It's that's really funny that that Mass Effect is in your third slot because Dragon Age Origins killer. Is in <laughs> that's that's a tough, yeah, dude. I mean, I I could easily swap those out. You know? Well, I think the reason why Mass Effect would went out, and I'm actually surprised it didn't went out for me, was because it is a full series. Mm-hmm. Which I actually before we start off on Dragon Age, I wanted to ask you what your thoughts were 
on the ending of the Mass Effect series, which was the entire time, the whole point about it was the fact that your choices matter. Right. And it carries over from game to game. And at the end, it will inevitably change the outcome of your game. Whereas at the end of 3, if anyone has not played it, skip ahead. Yeah, spoiler. All right, they're gone. Uh, <laughs> at the end of 3, is basically go left or right. Right. Your choice. And then it didn't really matter. And then nothing right. Like yeah. Nothing at all, man. I remember sitting there being like, what? Yeah. And then the end happened, and it was a Normandy crash, and everyone walked out, and they're like, what? Where are we? And right. then it ended. Right. I was like, wait a minute. What the fuck? you got to be kidding me. I, I heard that they re-released. They did. They, they released some bit. new stuff, but I never played it. Yeah, it was sort of like Lieta Sony was like uh, giving a speech about oh, all, really? all the shit you did, and it didn't quite matter oh really it was just a speech yeah well yeah Yeah. and it's stupid because if it's just someone sitting there talking about it that doesn't mean anything right (sighs) yeah i i I don't know why but i wasn't super bummed by that ending and i kind of thought it was nice in a way like because this whole game you've been this sort of immortal impenetrable crazy badass and then at the end you sacrifice yourself and that's the choice you gave you had and and I think that it was, if for, in my opinion, it was okay. And in a way, I wish there was more subtlety because I think they, in a way, betrayed themselves because they, they kind of set up this universe where you can uh, you can do the right thing or you can do the selfish thing or you can do the neutral thing. They, they offered you that so many ch- times. And then at the end, it was you can only sacrifice yourself and that's all there is to it. Yeah, both paths was it, you die. Yeah. <sighs> right. Yeah. See, that's what I like about Dragon Age Origins. <laughs> Spoiler again. <laughs> But these are old games, so I'm not... Well, actually, I I spoiled what game in the last one? Uh, what was it? Uh, oh, Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. <laughs> I spoiled Final Fantasy VII for What's you. What's the person's name? Anus? Nothing. Don't worry about it. Atris? Yeah. Uh, actually, Barrett. Axis? Okay. Barrett. Barrett. That's right. the person that dies in that no, game. No A's, but B's. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Uh, but that game, you had the choice of sacrificing yourself mm. or passing it on mm. and then living, which affected the end a bit because <laughs> you're either alive or you're not and the dlc that happened after that where you play someone else or ghost uh in dragon age awakening or whatever your character is mentioned mm. uh or even like shows up at one point i don't remember but it's it's a big deal so i like that that point aside from mass effect where either way you die yeah and and you're right, like you, you there was that forced choice. But I remember at the time I wasn't too bummed. And I, I I feel like I had been somewhat spoiled, like that people were so upset about the ending. So I kinda went into it being ready to be upset. I was only upset when I like did the other ending and Nothing the only thing that changed was like the jet stream. The color. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I was Blue like, oh, Okay, that's kinda lazy. Yeah. I think this is a point where like having my brother, as a fellow gamer, was the big reason that I was so upset because we both love the Mass Effect series and we were both playing at the at the, at the same time, much like Final Fantasy VII, right. but more in unison now because we were living apart and we both had our gaming system. But our stories were different. Mm. Our characters that were alive at the end of two were different. Cool. Our choices were completely different. We were different people. Yeah, that's neat. Like him in the in the end of one. He had convinced Saren to make the right call and realize the error of his ways, where in my game, I was fuck you, dude, I'm going to murder you. And I had a whole boss fight where he didn't even have a boss fight. So that was really cool. And then three happened, and I was like, oh, 
You cannot have a boss it's fight. It's the same thing. Too? There is yeah, you don't have to fight him. What? You don't have to fight Saren. That is crazy. You can convince him to kill himself. What the yeah. what? It's weird. I had no idea, but that's what my brother did. <laughs> I was like, okay, remind me never to talk to you. <laughs> like, so, you so you were pretty pretty disappointed in the ending. I yeah, I was I was super disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. It was for me. Well, before we move on, I just want to say I, I have great things to say about Andromeda. It took me a long time to warm up to it. It's not on my top ten list, but certainly not, not garbage. Right. For what it's worth. You're not going to join in with the heckler crowd being like, the animations and the weirdos. I still can't get past the voice of the Krogan. I don't remember the name, but it was like, hey, I'm a Krogan. <laughs> and I was like, no. No, Krogans don't sound like that. And I was like, I'm a battle monster. Krogans are supposed to be this dark. Like, I ate a biker for breakfast. <laughs> but I don't know. It, it, yeah. was, it was super. He's too happy go lucky. Yeah, just too high voiced. Yeah. Very, yeah, very. very I, don't, I don't know how to even describe it. just wrong. It was wrong. There you go. So, I'm actually curious. Is there, like, a point in Mass Effect series that, like, stands out to you the most? Just before... Mm-hmm. I mean, I realize that, that we keep going over Mass Effect, but... Right. It's a big series. There's Straight a lot to up, cover. Yeah. And, personally, there was a scene that I had that I was just, like, it, it cheered me up a bit. So, oh. I was curious, like, if there's any moment for you that stands out above the rest. Yeah, Amen. Well, um, one thing I, I want to say is this kind of like cross-saving is remarkable. And, and the idea that your character will continue from game to game and the choices that they made in the previous game will impact the others. Fucking phenomenal. The Witcher did it too. As far as I'm aware, that was one of the first times. I could be wrong. That's the first time I ever remember that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we definitely could be wrong. Now, we are. now when we talk about like, okay, so video games... As a waste of time, is sort of a joke because, like, it's um, so is reading. <laughs> <laughs> like the best games offer something, and they challenge you, or they they help you to experience art. And you know, art is all always about like transcendence of yourself and like seeing something that's above you or beyond you or more beautiful than something more beautiful than you you've experienced. So, I remember there was a time in. Uh, in Mass Effect, I think it was in two, and when I had to set the controller down and like really think about my decision. Oh damn! And, like I stepped away for a little while, and I like went and got some air, and was like, "What the fuck should I do?" So there's the alien race that the Krogan helped eliminate. Do you remember what they're called? I can't remember. No, I think what what you're trying to say is the alien race that created the genophage. Yes. That basically. Stalled out the Krogan from no. reproducing. No, 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 no. Reproducing the ones that the Krogan. Oh, the Krogans or the Geth? No. Shit. I'm no, no, no. Places. These are the. These are kind of insect. The insect. The Salarians? No, 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 no. They're the, like the fucking what? insect monster things that come out. And, like you have to fight them. The husks? No. Like, yeah. Terror. I know. Wait. No. Okay. I know what you're talking about. Well, anyway, the 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 Krogans helped eliminate this kind of alien race they they were they were sort of insect-like and anyway you find out that there is one queen remaining oh fuck yeah uh the arachni oh the arachni. thank you yes yeah. okay thanks so man sorry was. yeah that uh, that's because they were really big in the first one but kind of like played the second fiddle to in, in the third game 
right? Yeah, the Arachnite. So you find the Arachnite Queen. Uh, she's the last one, and and this is after you beat Tasoni's mom. So Tasoni's mom is like all crazy and shit. Yeah. By the way, voiced by Deanna Troy from Star Trek: The Next Generation. Oh, really? That's a nice little tidbit. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah. People that can't Google. So basically, like you defeat her, and then you're like, oh wow, there's this fucking eighteen foot insectoid in a cylinder, totally trapped. Well, and and leading up to that point, like the Rachni, yeah, as far as you were told, were bad, right? Bad, bad, bad. Have to kill them. Right. I mean, they're basically like the Starship Troopers bugs. Oh, yeah. That's that's, that's all they are, Mm -hmm. right? So you defeat her, and then this thing communicates with you telepathically, and she's like, okay, I'd like to be let out. I don't want to hear And you've got, like, the kill button. She's like, okay, you can flood this chamber with acid and just fucking murder it, or you can set it free. And, you know, I I won't go into the whole, like, explanation, but she basically makes a great case for why she should... Imprisoned and basically forced to do what? And so she makes a great case, like, please set me free. And anyway, for me, I, it took me a while to figure out what I should do because it's like, okay, this is the chance to, like, eliminate this race, which has been sort of a scourge a on... Yeah, like the like, Zerg. Yeah, Starcraft. totally. It's a terrible, terrible race. And they've been, they've been like, like, not just harming humans, but, like, all sentient life. Is it time to just... <laughs> squish it out or you know do you kind of believe what it's saying anyway i just want to say like for me in gaming i i've never had that where i just had to like really think about it so i set the controller down and went outside and i pondered and um, i decided to let it go and like see what happened because <laughs> yeah. i guess part of it was like well this is a game right but part part of it too was like okay that's the right thing i like i really believe where it's coming from and for me it was somewhat emotional as yeah, a, uh, well, you know, for for what it's worth, I chose to let it go too. Oh, and 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 I I I actually thought that was a great lesson in like prejudice, mm. because you know you are just force fed this information that's so negative about this race, and then when you actually like come to face to face with it, you get the whole story, both sides. Right. You realize it's not as simple as pressing that kill switch, mm. and so yeah, I I totally let it go. Man, that's a great question. Did you, did you have any moments similar to that? I did. I did have a have a moment. Uh, it was in the third game, where the the doctor, the Solarian that was on your team in the second game, I yeah. forget his name. Uh, God, that's weird. I forget his name. But he was just he was just so quirky. I loved. Him. Yeah, he was my favorite. Yeah, he character. was awesome. Oh God, I loved every talk. By the way, the second he game spoke. was by oh, far, God. man. Like assembling your team and like, it was oh sweet. my God. Which, which I should say, Mass Effect was the best space opera yeah. that has come about since Star Wars. And let's face it, Star Wars was a long ass time ago, no doubt. So you'd think that that would have happened more often, but yeah, in my opinion, it was just such a compelling space tale of sci-fi that I loved it. But in the third one, where if the Doctor is still alive in your party, he admits the fact that he was instrumental in creating yeah. the genophage with the Krogans, and he that. is guilty. He feels so the guilt gets him, and there's a point where he has to sacrifice himself to save everybody or something. And his little speech to Shepard, I was just like, Don't! Don't fucking do it! And he, and he does it, and I was devastated. Oh, I was so sad, because he was such a cool character, and he was my favorite. That was... That was a big problem. Spoiler alert on that. Just rewind it and forget yeah, about yeah. it. If, you, if you're still Men listening. Men and black yourself. Yeah. Just call them up. Have them flash you. Fine. 
Yeah. So what was that? What was that on your uh, list? That was my three. So I think you're up to three now, right? Yeah, which I've already right already admitted was Dragon Age Origin, Origin. which I will not say is the whole series because mm-hmm. I hated to. What Inquisition is okay. okay. It's not bad. Two. Oh man, I have. So many bones. You got words for that game. Yeah, yeah. Shit. I actually could have had that in my most despised game. Damn, yeah. what? Why? I, I hate Godzilla 2 so much, I will keep yeah. that there. Okay, fair enough. The first Dragon Quest was just so awesome. The story, the characters were really cool. I mean, Bioware, that was Bioware's heyday. Mm. They were shiny, bright. Yeah. I mean, they've taken some weird turns since then, but I loved all the characters. I thought they were great. Everyone hated Alistair. I thought he was hilarious. I loved him. Mm. I loved the fact, like, the battle system, and that was the big point of two is because everyone complained about the battle system. I thought it was great. And I didn't play it on PC. I played it on 360, so it was a different type of battle system than the because the PlayStation or the PC, it was more heralded as, like, a Baldur's Gate-type game. Whereas the PS or the 360, you know, all over the place. It was a third-person pause combat, so you could pick and choose and do all this crazy shit. Right. But, and then the story was just cool. All the characters were really compelling, like, all the choices you faced. Every area you went to, you had to recruit an army. And you basically, in a lot of those areas, were forced to make a choice of which army you wanted. With siding with which, you know, conflict of that area. Right. But, yeah, it's just... I loved it. I thought it was great. Morgan was such a kick-ass character. Morgan, man. Man. She's trouble. Fuck, I know. But such a good trouble. Like, right. a great trouble where I always wanted to know more about her. Leliana's song mm. that she sang, I had that on a CD. I cool. listened to it when I went to bed at night when I was in college. <laughs> That's right. Only a few times, but I did. Um, that that could go into the list of embarrassing things about you. I think, I think that wins. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. It was just, it was a great game. It was, and I think it was very time dependent in the, the point of my life. It came along just at the right time. Yeah. And it was great. And Dragon Age 2 was terrible. I needs to die. I never mm. forget it ever existed. The end. Fair enough. Yeah. Just, just set it ablaze. Yeah. Oof. That's what you do with those GoPro. Evidently, I have learned today yeah. that we set games on fire that we don't like. Yeah, it's cathartic, plus, like, it removes it from the physical world. Yeah, so you're sparing someone else. Yes. That. Yes. I like that. Like, future archaeologists. This is evidently a shitty game. <laughs> <laughs> Early Homo sapiens did not like this one. <laughs> well, that's cool. I mean, I... And the fights were hard. They were. Yeah. I don't have uh, Dragon Age. I had to pick it between that and that's that. But I would have picked Inquisition. I mean, if I had to pick one. Yeah. And that's... I loved Inquisition. Like, the just the fucking world around you. Was yeah. So gorgeous. Yeah. So great. But Origins is just, you know, it had that nostalgia part. It had that surprise mm-hmm. effect where I wasn't expecting greatness like, from whoa, it. whoa, Bioware in, like, sort of a fantasy realm? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, cool. like, what are you, what are you doing here? Yeah. Which is weird to me that they don't have this same continuity they did with Mass Effect. Like, yeah. Super weird. With Dragon Age, it's sort of like different games, and I don't. I mean, I'm pretty sure, right? Your decisions don't carry through. No, until, no, they until don't. The Inquisition. At least. Uh, I mean, Dragon Age One and the expansion uh, Awakening. Yeah. Some of your decisions, it just changed dialogue. Right. But Dragon Age Two happened in tandem mm. of one, and basically, where one where you went through all of Ferelden and you explored this vast country. 
Two, they were like, you know what, let's stick them in a city and have them replay the same fucking levels over and over again. The city wasn't even that beautiful. It was just high walls. It was like, oh my God. The minute I got out, I was thank you, Jesus. And then I was right back in again. So it was a terrible game. And I beat it. So I did. I did beat it. It happened. Well, I mean, my, my, uh, I guess the reason that Dragon Age didn't make my list was in a way, and I hate to compare the two, but it felt like a poor man's Witcher. And that's, that's just that. It's not that the gameplay was trying to be comparative. It was just like Bioware's, oh man, let's make, let's make this edgy story where like elves are persecuted by humans. Mm. Dwarves don't feel quite comfortable. And then like The Witcher was just like going like full blown racism and like yeah. full blown yeah. genocide. It super did. Uh, and it's like Bioware was like trying to be super edgy where right. when, when The Witcher at the same time was like. It seemed like a high school kids film. Totally project compared to like an actual like super well directed right movie. so if, if i think about the gameplay and the graphics and, and art design then yeah man i mean dragon age is a beautiful game but if you try to take it as seriously as it takes itself it, it just kind of like falls flat when you compare it to the witcher and well yeah it. yeah and and you know i did take the witcher off of my uh-huh. list which is really weird mm. especially with my number two game oh yeah. Shit. All right. That's embarrassing. All right. Well, speaking of number two, this was a tough call, but um, uh, I'm going to go with uh, Elder Scrolls, the uh, Morrowind game. What? Yeah. Oh, my God. Is that you? No, it's in my runner-up. All right, killer. All right. Nice. Yeah. God, Morrowind is sweet. And Morrowind was sweet. Yeah. I, I, I didn't know much about Elder Scrolls at the time. Um, again, this was like... I gotta thank my big black Xbox because that, that's what I had before I built my PC. Oh yeah, it was an Xbox, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. Yeah, and I, it was kind of cool. I had a friend who had a nice gaming rig, and we would kind of like compare our our games from time to time. And he was like, "Well, the game looks uh, it looks kind of bad, but you've got a consistent frame rate, so that's all you need." <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. And then he showed me like on the PC what it looked like. I was like, "What? <laughs> okay, I need a big size." Yeah. I love the Elder Scrolls series. Um, Skyrim might be one of my least favorites so far, although it's still obviously a great, great game. But when I think about Morrowind to Oblivion, and then I, I went back and played the Redguard and Daggerfall, Elder Scrolls is clearly just a game filled with kind of passion and, and great, oh, yeah. great ideas and great direction. The stories are getting more complex, you know, as as they go along, which is really cool. But Morrowind is still a game that I love to kind of plug in and, and just play from time to time. I think I think it has to do with just sort of the freedom that 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 it delivered when we first. And that was one of the first games that like really did that to the extent that Morrowind did. I yeah, mean, it was crazy. Yeah, I mean, you talk about Dark Souls, like they load you in and they're like, "Have a good time." Yeah, like I feel like Morrowind did that in a way that. I don't think I've ever been done. You know, in most games, you're going to run into a boundary and you're going to not be able to go any further. Morrowind didn't have that. You just keep going and keep going. And in, in some cases, that was ex- extremely frustrating because it was sort of before the internet was like really... Or quest markers. Yeah, no no quest <laughs> markers. None at all. Yeah. Um, you could buy the guide, which is probably the best idea. And that guide was like 500 pages. Oh, it was intense. It was intense. I remember um, getting lost in Morrowind a lot. Yeah. A lot. 
And yeah. I was like, yeah, dude, half, half the game was being lost. And yeah. just finding random shit. Totally. And like, okay, this is a thing. And when someone gave you a quest, they gave you by landmarks. They're like, look for a mountain that's in the shape of a something, something with three trees sticking out of it. And that's how you kind of got around in the world. And it was mostly frustrating and you got lost all the time. But that was sort of part of the charm for me was like, you, you can get lost in this game. Like it's that big. Mm-hmm. And like, oh man, you can like do a different quest than the one you set out to do. And, and that's when, like, in my mind, the idea of, like, Western versus Eastern or, or probably Japanese. Western versus Japanese RPGs kind of really came into, you know, into my mind. Well, Western actually looked like they could hold their own. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. Totally. Totally. Yeah, before that, I was pretty shitty RPGs. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my number two, Elder Scrolls Morrowind. You know, I, and this may sound petty. But the reason Morrowind did not make it on my top end list, and yeah. only in my honorable mentions, was because of hitboxes and those mm-hmm. fucking witch racers. I hated those weird pterodactyl birds. Yeah, that's what I Because they'd fly at me, and I'd swing at them 20 times, and I'd hit them once. Then he would give me a disease, yep. which caused my carrying capacity to go down 50%. And yeah. I was like, no! <laughs> and I didn't know how to cure my diseases, so I just like wandered the world being like, well, I can't carry a fucking twig now because of a goddamn ridge racer that I had dead to rights. He should have been dead. But for some odd reason, so my sword that was swinging at him, and I'm making yeah. this really exaggerated miming gesture right that's now. That's what it looked like, yeah. Trying to hit him. That was whenever, because yeah. I think that was that was a big draw of Oblivion. Is it was, if you swing and hit, it yeah, counts. Hit, and it's yeah. like, what? Straight <laughs> up, That's amazing. Whereas Marwin, yeah, had hitboxes and RNG. A lot of RNG. Yeah. Which right. kind of killed it. But it was, look, looking back, it's part of its charm. Now. Right. Yeah, the combat was not the selling point. Ooh. Which is like when you when you think about Final Fantasy, we talked about this earlier, but like Final Fantasy, the combat is not the selling point. It's not an action game, right? Exactly. And that's what Morrowind was not an action game. It was a role playing game. And mm-hmm. So like as Final Fantasy goes more toward action, it feels like it it begins to lose some of its identity. Do you think that's why Skyrim's on your least favorite because they geared that more towards action than anything else? I think so. Yeah, yeah. I feel the same. And it's still a lovely game. It is. But the combat's so easy. Yeah. I mean, the whole dragon's being, like, you know, you see a dragon, you're like, one second, let me fireball this sucker out of the sky, and then he's dead. And you're like, all right, cool. Yeah. How do I carry 50 dragon bones? <laughs> that was, like, the hardest part about that game, was trying right. to figure out how to balance dragon bone capacity. Yeah, right. Fuck, I need to build some more dragon armor. <laughs> yeah. I never even built dragon armor. I just had, like, 50 <laughs> dragon bones in my house. I had a lot of other things. I'm, like I'm one of those people, people that that just hoards in a video game. Like I try not to be a hoarder in my yeah. real life, but in not a video game, oh boy, howdy! American yeah. pickers would love my Skyrim house. <laughs> I tell you that much. They like, look at all the dragon arrows. they be like, you know what? I'll, I'll give you ten dollars. <laughs> we negotiate. We get a deal with the guy with the beard. I, I liked him best. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which number are we on? Two, I believe. Two. Is that right? Am I wrong? Let me check. Three was your... Whatever's next to Dragon Age. What's next to Dragon Age? Dragon Age was four for me, right? Okay, so you're on three. Okay. Yeah, we're on Mass Effect three. It'll be two for me. So you're on three. Yeah. Three for me. Oh my god, wait. Oh yeah, Warcraft two. Oh. Yeah. 
I'm looking at Warcraft Battle Chest here. You're looking at a, the actual like physical copy yeah. of Warcraft Three. Since like, 2003, you know, that seems a bit old. No, that seems early. Is was it 2003? Yeah, that was late. Warcraft Two though was just because I played Warcraft One, and I actually have a series on my YouTube channel where it's mm-hmm. going to be me playing through all of it because I've been playing Warcraft One and Two and Three, but Two that's purely nostalgic. Like yeah, I spent so many hours. Like it had a map editor mm-hmm. where I, like, I could create my own scenarios, and that was for me like the first jump into storytelling or any kind of creation of a game that I had control of, and that was big. Mm-hmm. Map editors, Far Cry One. The map editor with that was a really big thing. Having that kind of ability for me is a really important part of, of a video game because that's uh, that's why I love Far Cry 1. I mean, I would make super elaborate maps. Far Cry 3, I spent six or seven hours on one map trying to build it, cool. only to find that you couldn't personally place vehicles and guns. So all my work was for nothing. Yeah. (laughs) That was upsetting. I like I don't know, like maybe someone out there is no idiot, you had to do this and everything would have been fine. But at the time you weren't there, so that's (laughs) all. Way to go, you jackass. You know boy. Uh, but yeah, the map editor on War- Warcraft 2, because like, you could not only create your own map, but you could set unit health points hmm. and edit everything. And so just, just the customization in that, like the story of it, I don't care. And I, and I felt like I had to put a Warcraft game on there, because Warcraft has kind of followed my life. Yeah. Because I played one when I was a kid, Warcraft 2 when I was in seventh grade, Warcraft 3 when I was in high school, and then of course after high school, World of Warcraft has right. been a game that's haunted me blizzard <laughs> haunted me for the rest of my life yeah <laughs> so and you know there's starcraft which i think story-wise is better and mechanic wise is better i love starcraft i love brood war is my favorite of all of it. but warcraft 2 was just such a defining moment for real-time strategy games that i just loved and i really enjoyed playing cool yeah there's only one um, bad thing about warcraft the fact that it exists no, <laughs> it's the same problem that uh, StarCraft has. It's top down. Oh yeah, you what? and your top down. Why did? Man, why would you do that? I, you know, I have so many top down <laughs> games. You're gonna love my number one game. You're gonna love it. Spoiler: <laughs> It's a top down game. <laughs> and it's the best top down game in the world that nobody's ever heard of. Oh my god, it's good. Killer. I can't wait. That's so funny that I, I hate those games. I, that's good to know because I love them so much. I just yeah. assume everyone else does. No, so I, I could yeah. probably would have probably bought you one eventually. Mm. And you would have wow, what a yeah. shit gift. <laughs> <laughs> so like, wow, what? I don't know what 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 happened in my past to make me not like that. I don't know. So um I only have like one more. Is that possible? No, I have two. I mean, you should have to. I could count down to zero, because I do have another game I want to talk about, but I feel like I'm running out of room. But I'll just keep going. My next game um, wasn't my number one, but I bumped it up because I thought I ran out of room, so we'll see if I have more room. Uh, it uh, would, would be my number two, which is Rise of the Argonauts. Is that like an Xbox game? It was a 360 game. Like and Jason and the Argonauts? Jason and the Argonauts. Or is right. a movie from like the 70s? Yeah. So this is Jason. I don't think I ever played the game or even know anything about it. Yeah, so this is Jason and the Argonauts, uh, but it's called Rise of the Argonauts. And it was developed by Codemasters, which is like, like they make pretty good games, but they're not. Oh, games are they? Um, 
<laughs> they make, I think they make the dirt. They either make dirt or like Colin McRae Rally. Yeah, they make these the racing games. games. Uh, I've never been racing games. Yeah, for me, is yeah. your your top down mm. games. Yeah, yeah. Shit, man. I, I, will, I will get some racing. Games. They also did what was that game? Overlord. Did you play that game? Overlord. No, I didn't. But yeah. I know of it. I know. Yeah. Okay. So that's I know dirt. As yeah, well, but right. I, never, I don't know anything about it except the fact that it's a racing game. Well, Overlord, so, though, is uh, yeah, it's sort of a different. So, Codemasters, like, I would not have expected them to kind of make any game anywhere in my top five. But um, Rise of the Argonauts was pre Mass Effect, but it did almost the exact same thing that Mass Effect does in that, you know, you're confronted with these moral dilemmas and you have to make decisions. And you're the king of Yolkis, so it's like a Greek mythology. But it's like Greek mythology cranked up to a lot. Like the god, all the gods are like super involved in human life. Mm-hmm. And from time to time you see them, from time to time you do. And the game is like this really cool love story where you're trying to revive your wife-to-be. She gets assassinated. You have to go to the other world. You have to find the golden fleece. You have to bring her back. And the story is like you taking the, uh, the Argo, the ship that was built for you, as a wedding gift, but your wife gets assassinated right. on the wedding night, so you don't get married. So you take the ship all over um, kind of Greece, and your quest is to try to revive her. And you go to all of these really cool areas, and you meet these you know crazy kind of like Grecian historical figures. You also kind of like run into the centaur village. Yeah, it's random. Yeah, everywhere you go, <laughs> you're like solving problems, just like in Mass Effect, except it's pre. Mass Effect even one. So what they what they did in that game, I think, was I'm not saying that Bioware cheated, but uh, it just was like everything that Mass Effect one did great, that game did great before before it was released, and in some cases better. The speeches you make and the choices that you have to make, like there's a whole great series of you making judgments. So like as king of Yolkus. Uh, people come to you for judgment and they ask for your help. You know, you hear both sides and you have to decide, you know, who's right and who's wrong. But what I really appreciate about the game, which I think beats even Mass Effect and, and, and maybe Witcher in some cases, is the combat. It's such great combat. For a role-playing game, it blows any RPG out of the water as far as I'm concerned. You only have three weapons. You have a mace, you have a spear, and you have a sword. But you can change between the three at any moment. And depending on who you're facing, you want to use different weapons. And uh, the combos you can do with those three weapons really, really rad. Um, not to mention, basically, to level up, you, you pay tribute to like one of the seven gods. If you want to put all of your like tribute into Mars... Then like you're com- you're you're just like the fucking combat master. So huh. If you want to do more like Hermes or Apollo, then you're more like sort of your dialogue skills increase. So yeah, that's yeah. I feel like I missed out. That game is something else. Need to check that out. It's really rad. And I hate to keep saying 4K, but like you, you play it on a 360 and you can see it's dated. But you play it on a nice PC and you kick the resolution up and the game. Still blows me away. It's, just, it's like Jurassic Park from the nineties. It looks good. Yeah, this is beautiful. This is beautiful. Well, hell, I'll have to check that out because that's right up my alley. And uh, I'm not even sure, like, if I'm. Sh- I know I've I've heard of the game, but I don't think I ever gave it the second look. And I don't know why I played it. I mean, it's like if you told me, "Hey, here's a game from Codemasters. It's an RPG." I'd be like, uh, "Cool, bro. I got other things to play." 
Yeah, here's a pizza from Subway. <laughs> here's a pizza from Subway. But it's so rad. And uh, I hope that they got lots of hugs after they <laughs> made that game because they, they deserve it. Because it's a great game. Money? No. Hugs? They yeah. need that emotional support. You get 12 hugs. Nice. Because you did a good job. Well, that's, that's awesome. I like that. I like that, that out of left field top. That's your second game. I that's know. a number two slot. Yeah. That's a big deal. Yeah. All games that you've ever played. My my second game is not near as cool and it's kind of, kind of embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like you to keep in mind okay. that I've grown up with monster movies. Mm-hmm. Monsters are my favorite thing in the world. I will still watch like shitty movies as long as there's a monster involved. Yeah. yeah. My first memory of any movie is a, is a, is an old Godzilla movie. I love them very much, mm-hmm. and then I love RPGs. Lot. So it's only where are we? Headed? It's only natural. <laughs> and at the time I was in seventh grade, that Pokemon, Pokemon! <laughs> is, 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 is on my list. Killer. Uh and and I had to put this on my list. And it was gonna be higher up, but let's not fool ourselves. I'm playing Sun right. in my DS. I was playing today on the way to uh, the in laws. Right. When the first one came out, it was just such a mind fuck for mm. me. Because I was a big Game Boy fan. I had, I had a Game Boy. I loved it more than anything else in the world. And then this game where you capture monsters and then use them to fight other monsters. And there's 150 of these monsters. I was like, hold on. Stop. You had me. Yeah. At the first thing they said. Yeah, God. And I had to like buy a copy of it off of a kid in my class because it was sold out everywhere. Whoa. Yeah, dude. so I didn't like get the box. I like I had to like do a back alley deal, and be like, "Here's yeah, fifty bucks. Yeah. Give me a fucking copy of it now." <laughs> and then I just sat there, and that's what I did for the next year. I just played through it, and every new thing, I was like, "What the hell?" And the first game was hard. Yeah, it was amazing, and I fell in love with like all these different monsters that showed up. And throughout the years, the battle system has evolved. It's become a lot more complex than just the rock paper scissors that it started with. Yeah, and now. There's creating your team. You have to like really get involved with it to put in certain, allocate certain stats. Like you can't just put stats in. You have to really work towards making your team. So whenever you have your first official, like legitimate PVP team, it's, you know, they're, they're like almost your children in a weird way. Not children, but (laughs) they're, they're really important. These are things that you've made and like, okay, I worked really hard to get these guys. And then, you, of course, you go online and you get your ass kicked. But we all have to stumble before we, we run. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's just evolved, and it's become just more and more amazing. Like, there have definitely been some backslides as far as releases go. I, I'm not a huge fan of Sun and Moon, the newest ones. Yeah. Not great. I realize that Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon are out, but I'm not, I'm not going to buy that shit. It sounds ultra. I don't know what that means, but it sounds ultra. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's just, you know, and there's just so much to do in a lot of them. Like the older ones, I'm a huge fan of. And now with ROMs, they've figured people have started this thing on YouTube, which I'm actually going to do a, a playthrough of called a randomizer Nuzlocke, yeah. where you go through it and all the Pokemon and all the wild that you run into are all randomized. Like you can run into like the hardest fucking one right off the bat and the ones that you catch, you know, it's just, there's a lot of rules, but whenever they faint, they're dead. You can't use them. Okay. And so they become really important to you. And that's just, it just made the game fresh for me again. Mm. And so I played through that a few times and it was fucking awesome. Cool. I love it. There's, yeah, there's just a lot of different things you can do with it. Well, yeah, I, I don't, I don't have much to say. I, I don't uh, know much about the Pokemans. They're pretty sweet. I'm also, I love Japan. So mm. I mean, the fact that it comes from Japan probably doesn't hurt. 
I mean, sometime I, I should I should check a game out. I, I just feel like I was probably like five years too old by the time I remember I was playing Magic, um, the Gathering of oh, yeah. cards, and then a younger kid came up and was like, "Hey, do you want to play Pokemon?" And he had his cards. I was like, "Get out of here, dork!" Yeah, I was like, "You, you got a fucking like happy play Magic the Gathering." You got a happy little monster. I'm not, I, I ain't got time for that, dude. I got fucking you got a Bayloss. Yeah, dude. Gorgamesh, Crater of Behemoth. So yeah, a lot of Magic cards are like death metal albums. Oh my god, Rain of Blood. Yeah, it's pretty pretty hardcore. Well, I do love Magic. Yeah, so I, I have a lot to learn about about. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I think a lot of it is nostalgia for me. It I've grown up with it. It's much like Harry Potter for me. You know, I started the books when I was young, and I grew up with them. Okay. And I grew up with the evolution of Pokemon, so... But what is it about the new ones that you're not digging so much? Too easy. Oh. Too easy, and, I mean, back in the day, like, all the Pokemon, like, there was, there was like, a, it was clever. You know, there was something, but they there's, like, 750 of them now or something like Dude. that. There's a lot. So when you have that many, design starts getting a little weird. Like yeah, there's a okay. keychain Pokemon. <laughs> okay. Keychain. Keychain. <laughs> what the fuck is that about? I saw that and I flipped the game off. I was like, you know what? Fuck you. Yeah. I'm, I'm not catching that. <laughs> I don't care. I, I actually have completed the Pokedex twice. The first game and I think in X and Y. I think it should be. Yeah. There's a lot of them out there. And I also like the, the trading aspect. Like, you know, you, you had to have a friend that played it. You didn't um, have to. But if you didn't have a friend that played it, you had to have two Game Boys with the link cable. And okay, that was yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it, you know, I got to know a lot of people that I wouldn't have normally known because they knew I played Pokemon. Like, I need a Bulbasaur. Mm. Give me a Squirtle and we're good. <laughs> that sounded bad. <laughs> Squirtle. <laughs> Squirtle. Uh yeah, but you know, I, I I I could go on a long time with Pokemon, but yeah, that is I covered all the bases I wanted to cover. Okay. I'll try to check out your channel because I I honestly have not seen any of the gameplay of Pokemon. Well, I'll try and get a randomizer and unblock up quickly. Do it. Right, well, I think I'm up to number one. Yeah, yeah number one. That's pretty cool. One. And it's still Christmas. Yeah. Oh, we got five more minutes. Uh, so for my number one, I'm talking about Witcher three. So oh. Witcher three. Is you know I, I was kind of thinking about today is like is it just because I'm loving it and still playing it and like that's just on my mind as like the best game I've ever played yeah. so so I don't know as I asked the question earlier like two months from now will this list still ma- maintain my hunch is yes I mean I'm picking it as my number one because I just feel like it encapsulates all the things that I love about a game and that is this kind of like hero who's not always a hero he is not necessarily selfish but he doesn't always maybe do the right thing mm-hmm. um, and some decisions are, are tough right and, um, the other thing i love about it is the kind of supporting cast the characters who are around you who you help um, who you see die who you see kind of go through crazy trials and come out stronger it's so cool the um, the villains in the game i think are some of my favorite. So, like, the Wild Hunt. You know, if I had to pick one, two, or three of the Witcher series, the reason I picked three is because you actually get to confront the Wild Hunt. And I remember the first time you, like, really go fight someone from the Wild Hunt with Siri. You kind of catch them at, like, this orgy scene. There's all these um, satyr women surrounding this guy. And they're, yeah, they're not afraid to, to sex it up in the Witcher. No, they are not. They are not. So you kind of catch him somewhat off guard, and, and then you have, I think, one of the hardest fights in the whole game. But um, what, what I really love about the game is that it's dark 
and not over the top dark. Like Dark Souls is kind of dark beyond measure, and and Witcher is dark, but but it seems like it's almost tied to reality. Like in the Witcher realm, like life is harsh, life is brutal, life is cold, and you know everything that you see around it is an expression of that. And even Geralt himself is like sort of having been being brought up in that reality. So I just love that it's a video game that has a very mature, dark setting that you get to experience and kind of play and make meaningful choices in. So it makes me excited. I, I have the first book and I've gotten into it. And, and Which I, one? Uh, it's the one that's a seri- series of short stories. Oh, The Last Wish? Yes. Oh, yeah. God, that's so good. I'm digging it, man. Don't read Blood of the Elves. Okay. <laughs> If you can, ever. <laughs> don't read it. But you will. You will read it. Yeah. Just don't read it right after Last Wish. Give some time. Okay, okay. It's a fucking terrible book. <laughs> oh, my God. The Last Wish is so good, and Blood of the Elves is so bad. I'm loving La- The Last oh, Wish. Oh, yeah, it's sweet. It's amazing. And that's what, like, the whole Witcher is about. Yeah. It's like The Last Wish and the little short stories of the fantasy fairy tale stuff with Geralt and stuff. It's yeah. pretty sweet. Yeah, so I could go on and on, but um, uh, Witcher 3, there's a lot that I love about it, but it's primarily, you know, it's sort of what I think Inquisition, at least the second one, I mean, and Origin, like Dragon Age, wanted to do. They wanted to set this pretty ultra-realistic setting and um, show you that fantasy is not always just lovely and happy, but The Witcher does it in a way that's super convincing. So that's my my number one. It is. For sure. Amazing game. And I... I didn't put it on my top 10 list just because I haven't finished it yet. Mm. But it is definitely a game that I have purposely staggered out because once I'm done, it's over. Yeah. And I don't want that. I love The Witcher series <laughs> so much. I don't want to beat three because then it will be like cemented in my mind that they aren't going to make another one. Yeah. Which and I think they've said. Really and they're working on the uh, Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Witcher 3. Pretty damn sweet. Right. My number one. Yeah. <laughs> Top down view. Uh-huh. Uh, also very uh, obscure because a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, Witcher 3, I played that. This one, yeah, maybe not. Uh, it is Arcanum of Steamwork and Magic Obscura. Yeah, that's old school. Man. It is. It's an old school. Cool. It's a Sierra game, I, I think. I think it's Sierra or is it? Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, Sierra. Okay. I'm just going to give a brief rundown of how I got this game. My brother gave it to me for my birthday. And I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like, I don't, I don't want this garbage. Like, Because I, I had played Baldur's Like, I was a big Baldur's Gate fanboy. Right. And I saw it like, take a hike, get out of here. And this, like, somehow one day I just started, I started it up. And I feel like it was a precursor to a lot of things. Like, The Witcher has, like, you know, the slums, like, fantasy races in the slums and, like, different caste systems and that kind of stuff. Arcanum did that as well. Mm. You know, they had... Cool. Orcs that were basically like hired muscle, like you know, slums where elves were persecuted or like they were higher up. There was an orc that could speak, you know, conversations with you, and he was like put in a museum as a rarity and like wow. super weird. But like you could have all the, all, I mean, all the characters, at least in my opinion, were were pretty cool. They were pretty dynamic characters, and it was a fantasy world where you know like magic and monsters existed. And once 
this this human stole dwarven schematics like he grew up and befriended them or whatever but like he he, he started the industrial age and the steam engine and all this stuff but like, as technology advanced magic started declining and so there's a big war and like the opening scene is this guy with a sword running up and this guy like pulls out a gun and shoots him mm. And that's it. The magic scene was decimated by technology. And it was super cool. And, like, it had all these scenes going on. And it was, like, a really lush world. And there was like, this Voldemort character that was coming back from the dead. And you were supposedly the chosen one. And all this shit. And then at the end of the game, you find out you're not. Oh. The real guy, like, that everyone thinks that you're the reincarnation of is still alive and he's like a bitch <laughs> like he lives on the island he's like shut the fuck up dude don't tell anyone so I'm here bitch. and it's like so weird it's just such a cool story for his time and the lore I remember there was this book that I just picked up out of a chest and I just read it and you know like how Elder Scrolls game has all those books that you can read through right. and nobody does right. except for the lusty Argonian <laughs> uh, because I'm like who the fuck's not gonna read that story uh but no, the, it, I don't remember, but the, the story was just fucking incredible. Cool. I was like, how? That's wasted on... I am maybe in a collection of 100 people on the planet that read that yeah. from the game. And it was it just it blew me away. And the combat system was cool. The mechanic... Like, there wasn't a class. Like, you didn't pick classes. You just assign points into certain tech trees. Mm. Like, in, like, the more you lean towards technology, the less your magic would be affected, or magic would be affected on you, mm. and vice versa. Well, no, not vice versa at all. Technology would fucking wreck you every time. But very Victorian setting, oh. very steampunky. It hasn't had a remaster, has it? No. Yeah. And luckily, the fan base was so cool. The, there, are, there are mods out there that make everything better. There's, like, yeah. revamped... Uh, town maps and textures and just all the bugs that were in it like somebody went through and modded it all out so you definitely need to play with mods mm. but it's just so cool like the first class i went through i was a gunslinger and it was kick-ass <laughs> i was wading through the swamps of this lizard tribe with an elephant gun and i was fucking killing people <laughs> i was like hell yeah this is great but you know in in certain characters would dislike you for certain things Killer. It was so cool, and it's still a game that I will play today, tomorrow, yeah. anytime. I will nice. play through the entire thing, and it's just super cool. It's Baldur's Gate, but way better in my opinion. Nice. Yeah, yeah. It's just it, it it's a game that will always be just the most cherished memory I have, and it's just funny because I just happen to get it by yeah. random chance. Well, very yeah, cool. I think that was it. Well, I, I I feel like I need to check it out. None of our lists overlapped. Yeah. That's interesting. That's pretty that's wild. Weird. That's pretty wild. Though The Witcher should have been on mine. It should have been. I mean, I'm 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 looking at, at my lists right now and the fact that the Shield Blade or Warcraft was on there and The Witcher wasn't this kind of I don't know. Well, those games are they they've stood the test of time and well the Witcher? Who knows? <laughs> well, I feel like like my list is is anchored in nostalgia yeah a lot of it is a lot of like just my own experiences with those games so yeah i mean i noticed you know often when you talked about a game you talked about the experience of acquiring it and who was there while you played it huh? uh, i mean those things are, are critical like when you talk about what games are most meaningful to you that, that stuff is is key and I think we've run out of time to talk about our honorable mentions and you know going into genres and 
or I, I should say franchises, and what franchises we skipped over and yeah, why. Yeah, because we skipped over some big ones. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. I'll show a lot of people. Pissed. I think we're, it's our destiny no. to do another episode of that one. Some might say it's our duty. <laughs> that called. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well played. Yeah. I like that. But yeah, we'll we'll cover the runner up and also franchises that didn't make it on our list in the next podcast. Maybe the next two. Who knows? Kick ass. Yeah. Alright guys. Well thanks for hanging out with us for our second episode of A Good Waste of Time. We appreciate that. And next time we'll be checking out some of our honorable mentions and perhaps getting into some of the franchises that did not make it onto our list. Until yeah. next time, this is Zach. This is Chris. We'll see you on the next episode. Well done to a good witch of time.